0: This is, this is really a fun time. Uh, I've never really done a, a message which united with so many churches across America. And, and it's, there's a deep heart's cry among the vineyard churches for God to move afresh in America. And I was just, uh, I, as I was experiencing God the Holy Spirit as we were worshiping, there was just this, this, um, this really subtle, uh, almost dependence um, that was just coming through. It was just this longing in my heart, and, and uh, it, was, it was just really good. And so I'm not sure how you are experiencing God, but we're going we're gonna to launch in, and um, we're going to do this message. So let's pray together. Father, we are grateful to be able to call you our God, and that we can call you And you call us your people and we ask that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to your church to the glory of your name amen so the the title of the message is revelation and some some of you immediately would you know think of the last book of the bible the last book of the bible really is the idea of revelation it it's a theological concept and it's the idea of god's self-disclosure so it's God, you know, showing us something. So that's where the word comes from. And um, one of the things that we get confused, all, really all over the place, is the third person of the Trinity. So we believe God exists, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three, one God, three persons, and the, if you... If people get a little handle on God, the Father, okay, I can get that. I get a handle on Jesus, read the Gospels. But the Holy Spirit just seems like the person that gets the most confused. I mean, people have all sorts of beliefs about God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, in fact, there was a, a study done recently by George Barna, and he said, he said that among the young people who call themselves Christians, 60% of them don't believe that the Holy Spirit is a person. And so that's a huge that's a huge statistic that's big. And so just to illustrate the confusion about the Holy Spirit, we're going to play a little bit of an alpha video. Who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um it's uh God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, all like a Trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's, it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? Uh, I have no, I don't really have a, a lot of, I don't know. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is, I mean, I don't know. Third person in the Trinity? Um. The Holy Spirit? I've never even really much thought into that. You can flip to the next slide. So that really illustrates, I think if we went out and asked people who is the Holy Spirit, you would get very similar answers. I don't know. So others would say third person in the Trinity. We're going to focus on one aspect of God the Holy Spirit. And, and Tim, you might have to pop it up for me. And, uh, there we go. And, and it's this idea that the Holy Spirit is... A revealer who is always revealing the Holy Spirit is a revealer who is always revealing and we'll, we'll deal with three aspects of that but but I what I want to do is I want to take you back to the both the Old Testament and the New Testament because the Old Testament and the New Testament speak uh, about God the Holy Spirit I mean it's amazing if you go to the very first chapter of the Bible the book of Genesis you'll read about the Holy Spirit. If you go to the very last chapter of the Bible in Revelation, you'll read about the Holy Spirit. you read about the Holy Spirit throughout both the Old and the New Testament. And you might want to take a picture of this in your phone. You could uh, study it later if you're interested. Um, it's a little bit hard, hard to read, but I think you'll be able to pull it out. But it's the idea that the Holy Spirit was involved in creating the universe, creating humanity. He came to particular places and particular people for a purpose. Deborah, Saul, Zerubbabel. He anticipated the coming of the Anointed One, the Messiah. And this is all in the Old Testament. He would one day be poured out on all the people of Israel. And then he would be experienced universally in Joel. And that's what you saw on the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And then the New Testament, it talks about Jesus being born. When Jesus was born, the Holy Spirit, remember that, overshadowed Mary. And Jesus uh, lived a sinless life and worked in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see that in Hebrews. Uh, He was was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. You see that in Romans 8. And then after his resurrection, he gave the command to the apostles through the Holy Spirit. He told them to wait. And then the Holy Spirit reveals the very truth of Christ to, to us. See that in Ephesians. Over and over, you see the work of the Holy Spirit both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so the Holy Spirit is a person, a person that ha- can be grieved, a person that has a will a person that has a desire. I mean, that's why we call the, the different members of the Trinity persons because they have the qualities of personhood. And you have to be careful because one of the errors in the church, uh, they called it modalism, or old, there's an old term called modalistic monarchianism, and, and it was this idea that, well, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are just like, just like I'm a dad, I'm also a husband, and you could say, well, I'm I'm a pastor, too. They talk about different functions, and they say, oh, that's how the Holy Spirit, that's how the Trinity works. It's just different functions. We say, no, it's not just different functions. These are three distinct persons. And so, we're going to look at a definition of the Holy Spirit. I like it. It's from a gal named uh, Diane Lehman. She was one of the founding pastors of a church uh, out in Champaign, uh, Illinois. Uh, years ago, I went to a, a conference uh, that they had, and these guys, her husband's name was Happy. I was like, you know, it's, if you had the name Happy and battled clinical depression, I don't know what would happen, you know? Like, what's up with that? Uh, but. But they are, were such a joy to be around. And now that they, they turn the church over to their daughter and their husband, and, uh, but she wrote a little book on the Holy Spirit. And I, I love the way she talks about the Holy Spirit. She says this, Who is this Holy Spirit? He is not a ghost. And let me, let me just say this much. If you've been around, you know the King James translated spirit, and they use ghost, Right? And, and I, I remember that I grew up in the, the Lutheran church, and we used to sing about the Holy Ghost in our liturgy, right? Did some of you do that in a liturgy? Yeah. And, and that is really confusing for children. Like, I don't get that. How is, is, is he a ghost? Is, is he a phantom? Um, and here's, the, here's one of the funny things. I, I was, uh, uh, there were this Lutheran church I was attending, uh, they changed the liturgy to come go to spirit rather than ghost and they had this this older lutheran pastor that had been chanting this liturgy for decades and when they made the change i was walking through the back of the church where they had just like at the bottom of the steps he said they had glass for theirs and they had the service on speakers and i'm listening to the guy and he started with Ghost and ended with spirit and and so he called him the Holy Goist and uh, And it was I was dying of laughter because his brain defaulted to the after decades of saying the liturgy And he made a whole new thing the goist I did tease him a little bit later Let's go back to this the the Holy Spirit's not a ghost. It's not a great translation. He's not a ghost an impersonal force or an elusive power out there. He is neither a doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved. He is God Himself. He is one of three persons of the Trinity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He is God's gift. Of himself to each of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. Can you tell she's married to Happy? Yeah. Hey, well, let's, I want you guys to read this last bit, because some of you need convincing, okay? Let's start from he is, uh, he is Of three persons, okay? He is one of three persons. Let's read that together. He is one of three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He is God's gift of himself to each of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. Amen. And so we're going to look at three ways this morning, three ways the Holy Spirit reveals himself. And the first one is this. The Holy Spirit reveals himself to us by the life of his birth in us. And so this one you see, this is, it's such a great passage. And um, where it's in John 3, where he says this, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit humans cannot reproduce only human life you know sorry humans can reproduce only human life but the holy spirit gives birth to spiritual life so don't be surprised when i say you must be born again the wind blows wherever it wants just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You see, what Jesus talked about was a spiritual birth. And the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals Jesus to us and gives us a spiritual birth. And anyone who knows Christ has the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was growing up, there was, a, uh, there was sort of a divide in evangelical churches around the Holy Spirit. People didn't like people that spoke in tongues. Some churches said it was of the devil. Other churches said if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. I mean, it was this crazy widespread uh division over just one of the gifts of the Spirit, and some denominations were deeply afraid of the movement of the Holy Spirit. They would would sort of lock it down and not want anything to do with it. But you and I need to remember that the very gift, the very beginning of our spiritual life is moved in our heart and given to us by God, the Holy Spirit. It is the relationship we have with Jesus, his Son. Now, I remember years ago. I, I've told this story before, but I never know who hasn't heard it. And if you've heard it, doesn't just bear with it one more time. Years ago, I made friends with when we were living in England with an Anglican pastor, and we he lived. Uh, his church was in a very poor area of South London. And we would we would do some local outreach to it in fact his church was fundraising for a bathroom because back when that church was built people walked to church worship and went home they they didn't put bathrooms in the church can you imagine having a little kid and you got to hold it sorry like <laughs> that, so they were they were literally fundraising to put a bathroom in the church building and We were, uh, he he had this idea that he wanted to take a walk all the way to the coast. And he had planted out monasteries and religious sites that we could visit. And uh, he invited me to go along. And there were like four or five of us that, that went along on this walk. And I knew I couldn't go all the way. I could only do so many days because we had a commitment. So I didn't get all the way to the coast. But I remember seeing a gorgeous fresh go that was just like from 400 years after christ and just amazing stuff and and one of the gals that went on the walk with us was an engineer and she said she said that she was an atheist but she had an interest in spiritual things so she lived in an eco development that was right across the street from the, the church It was a fascinating little housing development that was it just was all self-sustaining and supporting and, and uh, sort of cutting-edge, eco-housing. And, and she walked across one Sunday and went to church. She sat through the, the Anglican Mass, and she said nothing made sense. And then she said when the pastor invited her up for communion, she said something happened when she ate the bread, and drank the wine. She said, all of a sudden, I understood and believed. You see, that was the Holy Spirit. I've never heard of a conversion like that. But that was God, the Holy Spirit, meeting her right where she needed to be met. And at that moment, Jesus came And she was truly born again. She believed. So one of the primary works of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us and bring us into a relationship with him. Number two is this. The Holy Spirit empowers us so that we may reveal, he may reveal himself to others. And I I love this. This is um, a passage we're going to look at in just a minute in Acts 8. But this is the story of Philip. And I don't know if you remember Philip. They were... They, were, um, they had a problem with, with food distribution among uh, the poor, among widows, and the early church. And so they recruited guys that could serve, and particularly to the Greek-speaking people, because there seemed to be that there wasn't there was equity in, in how they gave out food. But one of the qualities they said about Philip is that he, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And, and I thought, man, what does that look like? That when you see somebody you say hey that pastor rebecca she is full of the holy spirit have you ever thought of anybody like that that there is something so much of god about them that you actually use that word to describe them and that was true of philip and so philip being full of the Holy Spirit, a man of the Holy Spirit, he was led by God to do something. And we're going to read it together. And this is so wonderful. It says this, Philip ran over and heard the man. So he was led to go to this man. And uh, and so he did. And Philip asked him, uh, this man's reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replied, how can I understand unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearer, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch, and this man was a a eunuch caring for a a king. He had come to Jerusalem to uh, really experience and explore this God that he'd heard about. He was a seeker. Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. See, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is that God will use the Holy Spirit and you to reveal himself to others. When we lived in London, we did pub ministry. And one of the questions I, I learned to ask was I would, I would ask people, have you ever had an experience with the divine have, have you ever had, a, you know, basically a God encounter, but I would try to use more generic language. I cannot tell you how many people would tell me their story. I mean, one person had such an emotional response like, Oh my, oh my God, I, I can't go there. And then later, they finally shared their story. I mean, it was absolutely fascinating. There's one guy that that, uh, I I met that he discovered Jesus through a, a little Gideon Bible. And he talked about how God, you know, he'd never been in the church. He just started reading the Bible. And God opened his eyes. Amazing. You see, God uses us by his Holy Spirit to reveal him to others. And one of the challenges we have in our society is we have this, this challenge where it's almost like two spheres in our life. You picture two circles. We have the secular and we have the sacred. And, and, and really, in our world, we feel like, hey, they should t- stay separate. They, they should never cross over. We had a guy teaching on some of the spiritual gifts. He was the executive pastor of a Big Vineyard Church in um, in. Columbus and he had moved from the marketplace to the ministry. He was a very uh, um, effective, I think it was like a chief executive officer who was high up, helped run some good-sized companies. And he would, he would say it this way. He would say when someone would come in and begin to have a conversation with him, and this was in the marketplace, and his, his brain would go, okay, and I remember he used this language, game on and he would start tuning into the holy spirit and ministering to these people that would come in his office and he said i can't tell you how many people i saw come to christ i saw people healed i saw people touched i remember years ago there was a i got a call when i was living in portugal um, by a a, a guy that was organizing a wedding in a little town called Sintra. It's a beautiful mountain town outside of Lisbon. And uh, and they have the old, like one of the oldest hotels either in that country in Europe right there. And he, they said, would you do the wedding? And I said, yeah, and I, I, I'd meet with the couple, you know, sometimes just one or two times because they'd be coming in. This couple I think was from Norway met with them, and, and, uh, and they said, you, you can use the Catholic Church, which is really unheard of, but you can't put it in the book, because they have a book that goes back hundreds of years, and every marriage done there, but they let me actually perform a wedding in this tiny little Catholic chapel in this mountain village, and, and I, I remember when, in the end of the wedding, after it was over, we do the blessing, and the couple's kneeling, and I and I didn't even touch the guy. I just had my hands like an inch or two away, and I'm watching this guy shake. And I'm going, dude, what is going on? And he is just like, oh, and he is, (laughs) when he gets up, he goes, what was that? (laughs) I said, the Holy Spirit was touching you. He wants you, you know, to have a relationship with Jesus, because, All I was doing was a blessing, but God was touching this man in a profound and significant way at his wedding. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals himself. And we get to participate in that. That's the the fun. When she talks about the the, uh, joy, and Diane Lehman, she talks about this. She says, he makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. If you have ever prayed with someone to receive Jesus, it is one of the most joyful moments in your life. We met a couple, he was Indonesian and she was American, and we were living in the Netherlands, and they were coming over, and we had been sharing Jesus with them a bit. And in the end of our conversation, I said, would you guys, are you interested in praying to receive Jesus? And the guy looks at me and he goes, yes. I'm like, this isn't supposed to be this easy. What? You're not supposed to say yes. You're supposed to put me off. You're supposed to just put up the walls. You're supposed to be offended and walk out. God had preparing the way, and all I needed to do was ask the question. And I was so blown away and so joy-filled Friends, that's part of the joy of following Jesus, is pointing people to the Savior. And let's just look at the last one, is the Holy Spirit brings us clarity where there's confusion. Did you know we live in a world with lots of confusion? And we need God the Holy Spirit to bring clarity. And... and. Uh, I was—I was just. There's a wonderful illustration by um, Diane, who the gal that wrote that passage on the Holy Spirit, um, daughter, where she talks about being in Israel and being in this vineyard, and how the Lord. Um, uh, this woman asked her about the vineyard church, and she said, "Well, you know what the." The, the vineyard actually was started around a verse, and I didn't even know this until recently, and the, the verse is out of Isaiah 27, 2 and 3, and it says, A pleasant vineyard, sing of it. The Lord am, as it am, wait a second, I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment, I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. And she tells this amazing story how this woman who owned this vineyard looked at her and said, God's going to cause your vineyard to flourish. And she said a little bit more, and, and, and this, this woman, she, she talked about, she said, I, I was blown away that God the Holy Spirit would speak this to me. And I was, she was just having this amazing God encounter, and she looks around at all the other people, and she goes, and nobody else is experiencing this. This is just me. It's for me. One of the things we uh, plan to talk about in this, in our clinics, is how we can hear God for others. And I remember years ago, we'd been at least 10 years on the mission field, and we'd finished the church plant in Amsterdam and the church plant in, in Lisbon. And our mission was saying, hey, would you like to go to Germany and mentor this German church planner? We were looking at Scandinavia. I traveled to Finland and met with some pastors there about moving to, to Finland and uh, starting an international uh, church. and, and uh, But deep down, I was really tired. And... Um, and I was like, oh, man, I would love to just take a sabbatical, just take a break. But I felt really selfish with that option. Like, that can't be the Lord. That's got to be my flesh. And we, uh, I was invited to attend a, a prophecy conference where this woman was speaking at. And uh, I had never heard of her, but she has a—in in the prophetic circle, she has a big name and—, and um, so I was walking outside. It was, they call it Monsanto, this, this, this Bible school for the Assemblies of God uh, outside of Lisbon. And we were walking the grounds. It's pretty grounds. And we're on the sidewalk. And this guy's like, hey, I want you to introduce. And he introduced the speaker to me. I'd never heard of her. And, um, and I introduced myself to her. And, and she goes, maybe God will give me something for you. And we just start to talk. And she stops midway. And she looks me in the eye, and she says, God wants you to take a sabbatical. I'm like... <laughs> I, I, I didn't know it was happening. I actually felt like I was gonna fall down. I had this like wave on me. I was like, okay, where's a wall? I, I was so blown away. That, that God would cut through any confusion and, and bring clarity to our next step. You see, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does for us. He brings clarity, he brings encouragement. And so I, I pray we lean in, we lean in to God the Holy Spirit. And, and it's not about us. I was listening to an interview with Nikki Gumbel, who started Alpha, and we're going to be running into Alpha in the church, a wonderful ministry. And, and Nikki talks about when he met John Wimber. And, and he's like, yeah, John Wimber, he goes, he was just so different. He goes, he's this gum-chewing guy. I guess gum was a, a, a big deal. And, and they, they were at a meeting where the Spirit of God was just moving among the people. And they said to John, well, what do you do to prepare for something like this? John says, I have a Diet Coke and eat some chips. It's like, I do nothing because this is the work of the Spirit. This is the work of the Spirit. And friends, we wanna lean into everything God has for us. And it's not for you to have great experiences. Yes, if you, we, we do want people to have God encounters, but it's, it's, if you've got nothing out of this, it's also so much for others because the way God touches us, he then is able to touch others. And so I, I was really praying that as whatever the Lord was doing in my soul, I was like, Lord, if this is the beginning of a deeper work, just have your way in me. Have your way in me. So could we pray that, and then we'll come for communion, okay? Let's pray together. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are so grateful for the Spirit being the the revealer, that you've revealed Jesus to us that you use us to reveal Jesus to others and you bring clarity where there's confusion. And Lord, I I wanna pray for anyone here that's never taken a moment to give their life to you. I, I really believe like you're knocking on the door of their heart and you're saying, open that door to me today. And let me show you the amazing gift of having a relationship with Jesus and having the Holy Spirit live in you. And if that's you, I just pray that you would just say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And for those of us who have started this Christian journey, I just pray, God, we just say, Lord, we are open to anything you have for us, how you want to use us. There's a deeper work in our life. There's people you want us to point you and point them in your direction. If there's some confusion that you want to bring clarity, God, we just open ourselves to you. Amen.